Welcome to the Colchester Garden Festival podcast, brought to you by In Colchester and Our Colchester, and hosted by me, Lee Connolly, the Skinny Jean Gardener. The Colchester Garden Festival runs from the 21st of July to the 22nd of August, and as part of the festival, we have these four-part podcasts to enjoy on the walking trails into town. Plus, there's school gardens over by the Mercury Theatre where I'll be hosting my very own show on the 31st of July. There's sow and grow sessions throughout the whole month and there's so much more. Find out more at inculture.co.uk forward slash garden dash festival. Welcome to the podcast. Like I said, and welcome to the Colchester Garden Festival podcast. And you'll join us on the Lexton Trail podcast. There's four other podcasts in this series, four other trails that you can go and walk along and enjoy different content along the way. My name's Lee Conley, the skinny jean gardener, a Colchester resident, born and bred. So it's an absolute pleasure to be able to create this content uh, for you and join you on your walk into town for the Culture to Garden Festival. Uh, you may have seen me on programmes such as BBC Blue Peter, uh, BBC Teach, uh, also Sunday Brunch and even The Gadget Show. That, that's right. I, I tested a... a, a a, a um, what was it? A strimmer? I don't know what it was. Uh, but more, uh, more likely, you may have seen me on children's TV, as that's what I do. I do family and children's gardening, and it's been great to be able to produce and be part of some of the school gardens this year as well, which you're going to see on your way into town. Now, the Lexton Trail is a really great one. It does take probably about forty minutes to walk into town but it all starts from the Lexton Crown pub as you walk down the hill you'll hit the amazing area which I actually used to go when we had it snow uh, sledging down quite a lot in the Spring Lane Park it's a great area to enjoy and actually when when are we going to get snow again because I really want to take my daughter sledging down there. I've got I've got a sledge sitting in the loft collecting dust everybody that's right but anyway it's summer let's let's not think about snow right now but an amazing area to go and enjoy around there as you go up the hill it's absolutely incredible to see all of the trees that line the road on the way up there uh, from following up Lexton Road you'll see all of the trees up that road and I think it's absolutely incredible especially as you know you don't get trees planted as much anymore in new housing areas and I think lots of beautiful trees up there which ultimately provide us with oxygen they're quite important everybody as you carry on walking along the Lexton road you'll come across a cast iron drinking trough but what was it for 
That's one of the questions on our Lexton Trail leaflet that you can get hold of in town at various places and online. As there's loads of activities and questions that you can do with friends and family along the way. Then there's an amazing little seating area just before you get into town on Crouch Street Square. You can grab a coffee, uh, have a drink, get a slice of cake. And then finally you're going to end up at the big jumbo uh, where our school gardens are near the Mercury Theatre. I love this area. And the school gardens this year, produced by 13 incredible primary schools, are an absolute treat to be able to go and see, get ideas for. This year the primary schools had to do gardens based on the Queen's Jubilee. And we got some great entries and all of them are in for the chance of winning a prize if you go and vote for them so make sure before you head around town to see what else culture garden festival has to offer you go to the jumbo go near the mercury theater and you'll be able to see everybody the amazing school gardens there you'll also be able to see me on stage at the mercury theater on the 31st of july where i'll be doing the biggest garden entertainment show which i'm really excited about so you'll be able to see me on stage and you and the family be able to win prizes too it's a great educational but entertaining way to learn about gardening so be sure to come and check that out also if you make sure that you hashtag culture garden festival and tag myself skinny gin gardener and in Colchester as well, you could be in for a chance of winning a How to Get Kids Gardener book by me, Lee Conley, the Skinny Jean Gardener. That's a great trail, and like I say, it takes about 40 minutes to get into town from that Lexington Crown pub start. Make sure you look out for the signs, one through to six, that will give you a little bit of an idea that you're on the right track. Now, this is a four-part uh, podcast series uh, with different trails along the way including north station st john's and old heath and each podcast is totally different with a different guest on there as well and when i first started podcasting back in 2017 i had some incredible people from around colchester that got involved in the podcast and i wanted to look back at some of those vintage episodes where i interviewed them and in today's podcast we are speaking to danny Steele from benison community farm a great community farm that i found just on the outskirts of culture actually and i wanted to put this little bit of the interview in for you to listen to on your way into town <laughs> share of the they would pay a share of the costs and they take a share of the harvest each week okay so the idea the idea is it gives us a sort of security stability because we can sort of have a good idea of what what our income's going to be each month because we know that we've got about 100, 100 customers paying a standing order into our bank account each month yeah and so whereas with some veg box schemes you know it's sort of up and down and people can sort of drop in and out as they please um uh, with ours, people people are kind of committed, so you know it's not like in the summer everybody will go on holiday and suddenly you'll have no income. My, my income is pretty steady, and you know people people sort of understand that if they go on holiday, they sort of give it to a friend or whatever. Yeah. Or if they need more flexibility, they have a fortnightly bag. So, so yeah, it works pretty well for us. Yeah. It asks you know asks people for 
uh, sort of make m a lot more commitment than sort of they would with a normal veg box scheme. But um, so it's maybe slightly harder to find the customers. But once you've got them, they yeah. tend to be pretty solid customers. And you know, we've got customers who've been here with us for five years since the start. And you know, as far as I can tell, they're going to stick with us for another five years. Yeah. So you know, you you tend to kind of build, build some pretty sort of solid um, sort of producer consumer relationships. So and they buy into yeah. the whole that's it. thing about it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and they, um, you know, they can come down and help out on the farm. So we we have have regular work days, um, uh, and people can come and chip in and do a little bit. Like so did, did a potato harvest a couple of weeks ago, and everybody came down and helped get the harvest in, and then they and then we had a had some had had some music, some live music, and some DJs and some food cooked on the fire and stuff afterwards. So that's like cool. A little bit of a knees up after it all happened. Yeah. So you know, I mean, people like it. I think people who um, maybe would like to have an allotment, but it's a bit too much commitment. You know, it takes it takes a bit too much time. But they can still have a connection with where their food um, is grown and come and see it and you know, have the trust that it's going to grow well. And yeah. That sort of thing. So. <coughs> That's yeah. cool. Should we look around and see what's yeah, going on? Look, yeah. <laughs> I see you um, harvest like five tons of potatoes the other day. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's sort of that's a good harvest for us. I mean, by you know, sort of agricultural standard, it's nothing. You know, yeah. These massive fields of potatoes and yeah, hundreds, thousands, tons. But for us, that's a you know, it's a good harvest. Yeah. It's a good yield for the area we grew on because we had quite a lot of rain this year, so that's really really helped us out. Um, yeah, yeah, that should see us right through the winter. So oh, we'll cool. keep, you know, we'll we'll store those. I'll show you the store later on. It's like okay. a sort of straw bale store. Um, yeah, and that will keep potatoes all winter. We should be able to give them through to the following spring. And, you know, it might be a little gap before then the sort of first early potatoes come through. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, that's kind of like our harvest done. That should give give our members a good sort of share of potatoes each week. So. Oh, nice. So yeah, that's yeah. wicked. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> we've got machines to help help us do it. So the tractor goes down, pulls the potatoes out of the ground, and then and all the sort of volunteers come and pick the potatoes up and put them in bags and put them in the store. So yeah. so it's sort of not, you know, the first couple of years we did it, it, it was like you know, it was like 20, 30 people there with forks trying to trying, oh my God. trying, to, trying to dig a quarter of an acre of potatoes, which we did, but it was a huge effort. Yeah, but now it's a hell of a lot easier because it is just picking them up and sorting them. Stuff, so. Oh good. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So what we've got going in here, so man? We've got the polytunnels here, so you know, you're sort of seeing the end end of crops here and the sort of start of some others. So we've got cucumbers here which are looking you know, they're at the end of their life they're looking a bit withered and, and whatever, but they're still producing. I mean they've been brilliant, they've given us cucumbers from from June through till now and they're still producing so we'll certainly have cucumbers probably going into October before we rip these out and that will go into sort of being winter salads or spring right. spring cabbages and stuff we've got sort of end of the summer basil there um, some salad leaves just coming up coming through yeah over there and some sort of the first lot of spring cabbages in the corner there which they that you know over the winter their polytons are really valuable they'll kind of allow us to bring crops on early for the following spring uh, or they'll give us lots of nice salads and spinach and things like that which you couldn't really grow outside. Do you have any heat, heating in this bit? No heating, just, no, no right. it just does it in. It's a sort of, it's a thermal plastic so it kind of, it's very good at retaining the heat the way it's 
the way the plastics engineered is all quite high tech these days, so right. it will retain as much heat as possible. But once you get into midwinter, it will it will potentially freeze in the tunnel if it's like really hard frost outside. Yeah. But um, they, you know, it sort of I don't know, it gives you I don't know five or six degrees of frost protection or something like that. So and it, it, they make a huge difference. You know, it's it sort of <coughs> sort of almost pushes it forward a season. So in the spring, it sort of feels like summer, and yeah. in the summer, it feels like I mean, in, in the tropics or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> really gives you that, that advantage. Um, so yeah, they're really valuable for us. We oh sort well. Of sort of, a, you know, put up a couple of new ones over the last couple of years. So we've now got four that are 22 by 90 foot, which is a kind of good amount of space for us, and, and that really kind of really makes a difference. You kind of just need that. Yeah. Try, we, we try and supply. You know, we do supply only our own produce. Um, we don't buy anything in, so you know, you really need that covered space yeah, in, the, cool. in the sort of spring and winter to kind of make sure you kind of keep the fresh stuff coming. It's kind of keeping keeping it green and fresh is really important. So this is like another one that's been cleared out. Had beans in here. I think it was, um, and this has now got rainbow chard just planted and spinach um, direct sown and soil waiting to come up, and we'll have onions either side of that. So that's nice. That's the sort of again, it's all it's all chard will harvest sort of through the winter. The onions will be next spring. Um, so it's now now we're kind of like you know most of the crops are kind of you know, all the planting now is kind of gearing up for really the winter and, and sort of next spring now in the yeah. It's a lot of planning ahead you have to do I suppose. There is, yeah, it's a lot a lot of planning and I like that. It's kinda it's a it's a real juggling act, you know, in some ways it would be it would be very easy to have, you know, masses of veg during the summer and then it sort of tails off in the autumn and yeah. probably in people's gardens allotments you kinda of find that a lot. Whereas here I have to spend a lot of my summer is it, largely thinking about the winter yeah, really. Yeah. So, you know, making sure there's gonna be enough main crop Roots um, and brassicas, so all the sort of Brussels sprouts and kale and cabbages, and making sure I allow enough space for all of that to kind of be able to keep on harvesting it through the year. So this is one we've just we've just in the process of clearing this out, ready to plant winter salads. This polytunnel, um, and down here we've got our onion crop. It's about 800 kilos of onions, which is a, you know reasonable amount. Should just about see us through. Ideally, I'd probably have a have a little bit more, but it's it's pretty much you know enough to enough to give us on onion, onions in the veg bags most weeks yeah. throughout the winter uh, so they, they were grown outside brought in the tunnel to dry out and once they're dry we sort them um, put them in bags ready to store for the winter crikey look at these yeah <laughs> so last, of our, last of our tomatoes they're sort of tailing off there in terms of sort of harvests but you know we tend to have a really big big harvest of them through sort of through August particularly giving that massive bags of tomatoes to people in the in the um, in the summer months and and now we'll still you know there's still lots on there so they'll still keep on giving us a kind of steady steady crop of tomatoes sort of through very sort of September up into October we just sort of it's just less people just get a few tomatoes so you know in a yeah. sandwich or whatever or just get them every other week or something peppers, are going peppers well. down the side which we've been harvesting for the last month or so and oh, amazing kind of coming into their own now there's a lot of lot ripening up down there. Um, so we're kind of giving peppers pretty regularly. Yeah. Again, the polytunnels are, you know, tomatoes, you can grow tomatoes outside, but they're much better in the tunnels. And peppers are really, you know, we wouldn't get a very good crop of no. peppers outside. They they like they like the heat. So, 
you know, tunnels really come into their own for that, um, for those summer crops as well. Do you do chilies as well? Don't actually. I just sort of keep thinking about it because, to be honest, I wouldn't. I'd only need a few, a few plants to be able to give us. You know, yeah. one, one big chili plant will give you know hundreds of chilies, and you know, I wouldn't need to do many. So maybe I need to kind of like just make a little bit little of space section. for some chilies. <laughs> just you know, it's quite a nice. I mean, they're, they're a beautiful thing as well. Chilies, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So many different, different colours and shapes and things. So they're quite a nice thing aesthetically too. So yeah. Yeah, it's something something maybe to think of another year. And, we haven't got aubergines, uh, I think next year again now we've got this extra tunnel space we might put a bed of aubergines in, probably not necessarily everybody's cup of tea but some people love them and yeah. uh, it, again it's just something something different to have in the summer so you know, we try and grow as many different things as possible, so you know probably most vegetables you could think of we, we grow, I mean we don't, have, we don't do celery and we don't do aubergines at the moment, there's a couple of bits and pieces we don't do, you know, things like asparagus which you know require sort of permanent beds, we don't do that. But right most of your sort of annual veg we've, we've got here because yeah. we're trying to, trying to supply you know a, a really good range to people all year round so kind of kind of means you get your work cut out cause yeah. doing all those different things sometimes I, sometimes I think I make a rod from my own back kind <laughs> 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 of doing such a big variety but I, I think it is important for the scheme you know for yeah. kind of keeping people interested you know because inevitably with seasonal veg you, you end up with you know, in the summer, people will get courgettes every week for quite a long time, and they'll get big glucks of them. And the same with like the cucumbers or whatever. And then, you know, in in the winter, it'll be roots and stuff, and that will go on for quite a long time. And you know, I mean, that's part of the the seasonality of it is, as you really love it when it comes in. By the end of it, you're probably ready for something else. Yeah. Uh, but it's always you, you know, it's always as fresh as it can get, and, and there's always something else to kind of look forward to. Whereas you know, these days, people are so used to in the supermarket being to get pretty much everything all year round you know even you, you know your summer veg is available in the winter and your winter veg is available in the summer and, and a lot of people don't really know what seasons mean and I, no. think there's a, I think there's a return to that at the moment I think people are people are learning and I think you know sort of stream media more, and they? supermarkets are picking up on it again I think people want people want to reconnect that yeah. more um, so I think that's that's good for us because a lot of people come to us because they really know it's seasonal. You know we don't buy in, so it's it's, it's kind of it's guaranteed. That's what we're you know what you could grow in your garden at that time of year. It's going back old school, isn't it? So Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. It's just how it how it always used to be. You know, yeah, a couple of hundred years ago, you know, you would have had more of a hungry gap in the spring where you couldn't you know bring stuff on. We have the advantage of sort of fleece covers and yeah. plastic to do that. So it kind of you know sort of not such a big kind of gap in production. Yeah. How, t- how long have you actually been going going for doing this for? So we're doing uh, yeah five five and a half years. We've been here. We've been giving veg bags for just over five years. And before that, and how? So when you first started, how big was? How big did you start? Did you go straight in like this or? So we started. Uh, I mean, so you can see the bit from the cabbages down to the sort of bottom of the artichokes there and up to the trees. So it's basically I think it was maybe a couple of acres. Um, uh, growing for the first year and then in the in the the second year we introduced sort of quite a lot of the rest of it and then yeah. the th- third year a couple of other bits so now we've got eight and a half there's eight and a half acres of land I think we're probably growing on five, five of that of actual growing space and the rest is sort of like paths and turning space for the tractor and what have you so I think it's sort of five acres of vegetable rotation and within that there's quite a lot of what you can see here is clover and grasses planted which um, are green manure so basically they put goodness back into the soil fix nitrogen add organic matter 
that's a really important part of fertilising the soil and organic systems. You sort of it's kind of a requirement really by the organic certification that oh you okay. have a certain amount of um, uh, certain amount of green manures. So you know, planting beneficial plants that you, know, you don't grow anything on it for on the land for that year. Um, and it just kind of is there to improve the fertility of the soil. Yeah. So we have quite a lot of that going on within our rotation. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't even know that anything yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. It's really, it, I mean, it does amazing things for the soil or clover. So you know, you it, first year we had a we grew some sort of Brussels sprouts and broccoli on on a patch that had half of it had clover and half of it had just you know had sort of old barley stubble, which is what was here and we got here. Um, and stuff that had, you know, vegetables were twice as big that had been grown um, on the stuff that had clover the previous year. Oh, wow. So it really makes it really makes a massive difference to sort of improving the soil and then sort of adding nitrogen. So you know, which is key for plant growth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all you know that and that and horse manure. So you can sort of see just down the other end of the at the corner of the farm, there's sort of a big pile there. Yeah. Like we've got neighbours who have horses and they just basically within. The the first few months of being here we cut a gateway through from theirs to ours and they just bring horse manure and barrows and there's a massive pile that's sort of taller than me and uh, tons and tons of the stuff yeah, comes perfect. in so we just let that rot for a year <laughs> or so and that gives you know brilliant organic matter so yeah, it's all that's a touch all free as well really yeah, exactly. if we sort of give them some veg and uh, yep, give their horses our old carrots and everybody's happy <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there really is some amazing things, including that community farm, but loads of other things going on around town, not just from the Culture Garden Festival, but some amazing organisations that you can be involved with, and you just have to have a little bit of a look online to find out what's going on. But there's loads of different community allotments, farms, uh, clubs that you can go and just make Colchester better and also give ideas for your own garden too. So be sure to check them out. Thanks Danny Steele for back in 2017 for being part of the podcast and being part of this one too. Now, like I said, you could be in for a chance of winning a How to Get Kids Gardener book, which is packed full of different ideas that you can help uh, uh, your own garden, no matter how big the space is. And I think with children's gardening and family gardening, it all comes down to three different things. That's fun, grow your own, and wildlife. And I wanted to give you a fun idea that you can create in your own garden to keep the kids happy and one of those things which my daughter absolutely loves is a mud kitchen we created ours just simply from some old scaffold board planks and some washing up bowls i love a washing up bowl because they're really easily affordable all you do is make a bit of a desk style uh, out of the boards and some wood then you just drill in and cut out some washing up bowl size holes pop the washing up bowls in there Put some compost, put some soil in there, go to your local charity shop, get some pots and pans and spoons, and then throw them in there, and the kids will go wild. They love it. A smaller version is simply going to a charity shop, getting a washing up bowl, and getting some spoons and um, and pots and pans, and just having that is a lot easier to create. Not as pretty, 
but very effective too. It just gives the kids something to play about and get a little bit messy in the garden while you do the boring jobs like weeding and stuff like that. It works an absolute treat with my daughter in the garden. She absolutely loves it. Now, talking about my daughter, Olive, I gave her a chance on this podcast to give me some of her top tips for gardening uh, for the Culture Garden Festival podcast. So I gave her the microphone and um, this is what she come up with. Third top tip, what to play with in the garden and what not to play with in the garden. To pl- so first, what to play with a gar- in a garden. You should play with in a garden balls, any other stuff or if you have a skip- skipping rope, you could do that. And play in the pool if you have one. And other fun things that you got, you could Take your toys outside, sit in the shade, and read a book, or that's a thing you can do, and things, and then things not to play with. Don't play with a spade, and don't play with a um, chainsaw, because some people have chainsaws in the garden, don't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, cause like some people. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if if anyone, yeah, just if you have one. Just don't let children. Just don't let children near it. Pretty, yeah, that's in the instructions. I think probably. Yeah. Yeah. Cause. You can get yeah, chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And also not to play with. Also, don't play with. This one's very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not dangerous, but... Yeah, yeah it might be dangerous. And, okay. No, not dangerous, but no. don't play with paint because it could get really messy. True, because you might have paint. Good top tip. Mm, and also, if you've got a shed in your garden, mm. just make sure you don't get splinters. And if you've got any... Like, if there's any wood in your garden, don't touch it because it could get splintered. And if there's screws in your garden, don't touch them either. More don't uh, that touch was, them, actually. Yeah. Mm, that was third top tip. Um, yeah, that was third top tip. And there you have it. Unedited and ready for you. <laughs> Perhaps the next uh, Alan Titchmarsh, uh, I would um, suspect. Or, or, may, or, or maybe she could be the next Indian Yarder. That'd be quite nice. I can retire then. Uh, but thank you very much, Olive, for being part of this podcast. And thank you to you for listening as well. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast on the way into town. And like I said, there's four other podcasts for you to enjoy. If anything, I hope this has inspired you to get outside and garden no matter what space you may have and perhaps get involved in some of the incredible gardening community groups from around town you've been listening to the culture garden festival podcast remember there's three more other podcasts that you can listen to this year as you walk into town and perhaps next time bring some family and friends along the way to enjoy the trail and answer the questions where you can win a how to get kids gardening book There's so much to see this year at Colchester Garden Festival. And if you see any of it, take a snap and make sure you pop onto social media with the hashtag, hashtag Colchester Garden Festival. 
With thanks to Inculture and Our Culture, remember the website for all the information on this year's activities is inculture.co.uk forward slash garden dash festival. My name's been Lee Conley, the Skinny Jean Gardener. Thanks for listening and see you very soon. Yeah.